but we're starting a new series, Wide Open Spaces, Living a Big Life with a Generous God. Some of you knew recently, we, uh, a week ago, we, we, we were on a plane for my mom's funeral. I'm going to tell that story in just, in just a moment, but we were on the plane for, I don't know how long, it was so long, nine hours, nine and a half hours to Dubai, Dubai, Jakarta, it was eight hours. Now, you would know that the economy class seats plus a toddler for that long, that wasn't wide open spaces. We were just boarded into the plane. The plane wasn't even there yet. I mean, the plane wasn't even flying yet. Kai was like, are we there yet? Not yet. But the fourth time watching Frozen, right, at the very right time, he comes a little Kai, two years old, decided to do a little number two. I was secretly praising Jesus inside of my heart. It wasn't my turn to change the nap. He comes Laura in this economy class, pick her up, walk sort of covering the little smell that was coming out in these tight spaces. Maybe some people got some woof. <laughs> and then, and then here, here it comes, if you know the bathroom of the, of, of the, uh, it's just, it was messy, it was small, it was tight. Laura was trying to open this latch that, that opens this, this little table to change the nappy. And, and meanwhile, while she was busy disinfecting this whole thing, this little person decided, oh, there's this orange button with a little picture. What is this? Let me press this. She presses it. Ding, ding. The air hostess ran towards the bathroom. No, no, no. Ma'am, are you okay? And it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's just, it's just my. We were trapped in this tight space of economy class for another six hours with a, with a grumpy and bored and agitated thought. And the stares of people didn't help either. But don't you think sometimes in our life we feel like that? We feel like we're trapped in, in tight spaces. It's hard for us to move. There's, there's not a lot of space to move. Sometimes in life we feel, maybe some of us here, we feel stuck in a workplace that is just so, so toxic and, and demotivating. Maybe some of us here feel like the things that we wish should have happened just never happen. And, and you're disappointed with life. You're disappointed with yourself. You're, if you're honest, you're disappointed with God. Some of us here, we feel like our marriages feels just like a desert. On the outside, we look, it, it's awesome, it feels good, it, it looks good on the Instagram, but, but inside your marriage, you know, you know and you know and you know, it's just, it's not good. Some of you parents, you're worried about your kids and, and their decisions in life. Your school, your workplace, it just feels like, like, just not beautiful, sorry, dreadful, dry routine. Your finances and your business, just your, maybe your prolonged sickness, whatever that is. In this tight, dark spaces of life, oftentimes we lose hope and we can be too scared to hope. We almost guard ourselves against hoping instead just protecting ourselves from disappointment of hoping. And in this dark, tight, dark spaces of life, making a difference is the last thing in our mind. We're about to read this morning from a, from a so famous psalm that was written by David. At this point that the psalm was written, David was in a tight, dark space in, in his life. He was running away from his own son. He's been running a kingdom, he's, he, he was a king at this point and his own son decided to rebel against him and, and started a revolt and David could be killed by his own son that he's been raising up, that he's been loving, that's been taken care of and he had to run away. He had to run away from his palace to, 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 to hide from this revolution that is happening underneath him. 
started by his own son Absalom. You can read that story on your own in 2 Samuel 15. But, but David was in the space of suffering. He was wrestling with his own thoughts and emotions just like some of you here this morning. He was wrestling with this anxiety, this anger, this almost this deep sadness. And like, what do I do? My own son, I might be killed by my own son. And out of this space came a very famous song. Maybe some of you here this morning, you're not even a follower of Jesus. You came here because of your friends invited you to be here. But you might know this psalm because it's so famous. Psalm 23, we're going to read this. The Lord is my shepherd. In the middle of this tide, dark space of his life. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadow. He leads me beside peaceful streams. His mind wasn't peaceful, but he, God is leading him beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though, if, even when I walk through the darkest valley, the valley is dark and tight, lot, not lots of space to move. I can be dead and be eaten by a lion in the valley. Even when I walk there in the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For God, you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast before me. You prepare a feast in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Keep in mind that he was, he was being pursued by his enemies at this point, at, at, at this time. But surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for this powerful, powerful psalm. For your powerful word. God, I pray that you help me speak this morning. God, I pray that you speak to our hearts. And, and. And change something and revolutionize our world, Lord Jesus. Speak to us. We're listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is my title for my message this morning. Wide open spaces in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. Some of us here are gifted with the gift of knowing how to throw a party. You know who you are. It's actually a spiritual gift. Let me tell you something. The more spiritual name for it is the gift of hospitality. Okay, but, but basically it's the gift of knowing how to throw a party well. If you throw a party, you go all out. You know, you know that's you. The, the, the serviettes on the table matches the flower arrangement, right? And, 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 and the, the music, you just know what music to put on to get the crowds going. You, you know how to throw a party. The food, when you host a party, you are nervous that the food is too, it's just too little. By the time you, you just want to fill that cup over and over. You're like, oh, it's, this, the biscuits have already been eaten. Two of them, I'm going to fill it more. It's, it's just who you are. You know how to host people well. It's, 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 it's you, you. Can I encourage you this morning that if that's you, that's actually a gift from God. God has gifted you that gift to represent who He is. To show the world that God is a God who knows how to host a party well. God is a God who is a generous host. God is a God who, who pay attention to every single details of our lives. Our God is a God who knows how to throw a party. I'm going to tell, I'm going to say that again. It's not a blasphemy. God likes to throw a party and you're invited to that party. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a party for me, basically that's what he was saying. 
in the presence of my enemies. There's a lot more reference in, in the Bible about God throwing a party. Isaiah 25, verse 6 from the message version. But here on this mountain, God of the angel armies will throw a feast for all the people of the world. A feast of the finest foods, a, fe a feast with vintage wines, a feast of seven courses, a feast lavish with gourmet desserts. Hey, come on somebody. That just sounds good. And here on this mountain, God will banish the pile of doom hanging over all peoples. The shadow of doom darkening off all nations. He'll banish death forever. Come on. And God will wipe the tears from every face. He'll remove every sign of disgrace from his people wherever they are. Yes, God say so. There's so many, so many themes in the Bible about God throwing a party, throwing a banquet, throwing a feast. But the thing about God when he throws a party, he doesn't wait for the ideal time to wait a party. He doesn't throw a party when everything is right. He throws a party in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a feast, not in the absence of my enemy, but in the presence of my enemies. He doesn't wait until your sickness is healed. He doesn't wait until your circumstances have changed. He doesn't wait until, until you have sorted out yourself with, with this sin that you've been, you've, been, you've, been, you've been trying to overcome, the bad habits that you've been trying to overcome, but you just, you just keep, go, keep doing it and you hate yourself. God doesn't wait until that bad habit is gone. God doesn't wait until your finances are better, until your business is better. In the middle of this dark, tight, dark spaces of life, He prepares a feast for us. In the presence of my enemies, not in the absence of my enemies. Now this is a table here. A little feast. Where is the food? There's no food here. Oh, look at that. Hey, those are amazing food. That's, that's for sale later on by the daily, by the way. Promotion. So good. That's how you call marketing. That is so good. Guys, by the way, this food is amazing. After this, if you don't know where it is, in the chat room, this is for sale. All right. Now let's say, let's say you're my enemies. Just let's say. I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by the enemies. Disappointment, sickness, pain, almost a sense of hopelessness. You know your enemies. The habits that you're trying to overcome. And, and you're my enemies and I'm surrounded by you. The options when we're surrounded by the enemies, what do we do normally? We want to fight the enemies. I'm going to stab you here, stab you there. That's, that's just how we do it. That's, that's, that's life. When we're surrounded by the enemies, we want to pick up a sword and we want to fight. But oftentimes, we fight here. The enemies is killed there, pops up back again right there. Just like that arcade games that like you trying to kill the moles. And we're frustrated. We strive some more, we brainstorm some more, we, we, we lo we're losing sleep trying to fight all the enemies that's surrounding us. But the enemies just keep popping back. The second option when we're surrounded by the enemies is we, we retreat. We're paralyzed by a sense of, of fear. We can't even move. We're paralyzed, we're overwhelmed by a sense of anxiety. And you, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you're, you're stuck in the presence of your enemies. But it's interesting, but, but it's so interesting what God is saying. In the presence of the enemies, God is calling you, come here, come here, come here, come here. Sit with me. 
Here's some little donuts. God, what about the enemies? Here. Little donuts is nice. This little croissant with, I don't know what that is, um, chicken mayo. I can put on spicy sauce for you. It's good. God, what about the enemies? Don't you care? There's so much, there's so many things that is going on in my life. God, what? I'm going to, I'm going to, no, 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 no. Sit down. Here, even just, just put on your party hat a little bit. Just sit down and just relax. God, what about the enemies? In the New Testament, the, the disciples are like, God, we're drowning. There is a storm right here. Jesus, meanwhile, in the middle of the storm, sleeping. <laughs> Jesus, wake up. What's going on? Chill. In the presence of my enemies. Here, eat some brownies. Don't worry about your diabetes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, I want to fight. God, I want to fight my enemies. God is just like, put down your sword. Put it under the table a little bit. I'm preparing a feast for you. In the presence of my enemies. In this ancient Eastern culture where, where, where David lived, David understands something. David understood something we don't understand. They had this custom, the culture that when someone is in someone's houses, when, when that someone is hosted by someone inside a house, Nobody can touch that someone unless they have a permission from the host. Even if that someone is a fugitive, if that, even if that someone is being chased after for the right reason, nobody can touch this person unless the host allows them to. God knows something that we don't. In the presence of our enemies, He's still in control. In the presence of the, our enemies, He's still sovereign. In the presence of our enemies, He's calling us, come here, sit down. Be still, I'll fight for you. But meanwhile, while the enemies are here in the presence of your enemies, eat some donuts. Put on, put on a party hat. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Here, some water to refresh you. Oh, and I pour water. I don't pour like, oh, I don't have enough. No, I, I pour it until it overflows. My cup overflows. With blessing in the presence of my enemies. Earlier, Rodney read Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All these bulls are surrounding me. I'm surrounded by, by my enemies. My God, why have you forsaken me? I wonder what happened between Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. I don't think the circumstances have changed. I think his headspace have changed. Sometimes in the presence of our enemies, before the circumstances change, I feel like God wants to change our headspace. God wants to change what is going on inside of us. Sometimes we, we give praise report and that's awesome. But maybe some of the most powerful praise report is our testimony. But hey, God is with me in the fire. God is with me even in the presence of my enemies. God is with me when the enemies, even my situation, when my situations haven't changed yet, God is with me in the fire. And he throws a party for me. He restores my joy. He restores my strength. He renews my, my knowledge of him. He makes me know him well in the presence of my enemies. You know, when you're in the feast, you get a chance to meet people. When you're, when you're in the middle of the feast, when you eat together, you get a chance to get to know that person. Isn't it maybe like that with God? 
in the presence of our enemies, he's inviting, is inviting us, get to know me, talk to me, eat, have joy, hang out. A lot of you know, this past three weeks have been, a, have been quite a rough ride for us as a family. Some of you knew the story, some of you don't. 60, my 60-year-old mom, who lives in Jakarta, Indonesia, um, she passed away suddenly, actually. She went in for an op to, to remove a cyst from her ovaries. But when, when, when they did an operation, they didn't know that they actually had, um, she had a cancer that was already spreading through her liver. And she just didn't recover from that, from, that, um, from that operation. The morning before the operation, we were still on a video call. Kai prayed for her and like, hey, we'll see you soon. We're thinking to go there over there in October for my brother's wedding. The next morning in the middle of the night, um, my brother just phoned me and it's like, hey, mom is in coma. Um, she's, she's not waking up and her, her health is just going down. And the whole Thursday morning, my brain was just foggy. What do I do? Do I go home? Do I stay? Am I, I, was, I was in contact here my, with my doctor friend, Calvin, just sort of like trying to get a picture of what was actually going on. It was stressful. And we spoke to Jeff. Jeff, what do you think? Um, Jeff said, I think you should go and be with your family. But Jeff, we don't have money. This is crazy. Like, I, I, I want to save for, for my brother's wedding in October. And, but just go. God will provide for you. Usually, Laura and I, we're pretty savvy with, with booking tickets online and we know how, how, to di- how, how to get a good deal and all those type of things. We, we were usually good at that. But this whole day, our brain was just so foggy. We couldn't think. We just like, I don't know. Everything was just like, whoosh. So we just like, you know what? Let's just go to a travel agent. Um, so we went down the travel agent down in Blue Rift Mall. Just sort of explaining to them, hey, this is situations. We need to book a ticket as soon as possible, the cheapest as possible. And, and, and we were explaining the situation and he, he was sitting behind the desk and he started to get emotional. I was like, is this guy empathizing or what was going on? And I said, you know what, too emotional. I'm too emotional. My wife's divorcing me today. He ended up not being so helpful. <laughs> I was like, guys, come on, I, I can do it better than you, I can just, anyway, but, but somehow in the middle of this, of this fogginess, in the middle of this crisis, something inside of me just like, hey, can I pray with you? And I end up praying for him, and, and in the presence of this hardship, we were praying for this man, this man started to cry, and he went out of the booth and just hugged me so tight. We didn't book the ticket from him though, but okay, anyway. <laughs> he wasn't helpful. <laughs> but, but he was just hugging me. And then after that, I was just like, this is crazy. In the middle of this thing, my cup overflows. I did that not because I'm a good person. I did that because, not because my situation is better than him. I, I didn't do it because, because I, don't, I just like, there's nothing else to explain it, but my cup overflows. Even in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows with blessing. My cup overflows with comfort. My cup overflows with hope. I cannot help but sharing it. That's our God. God created this. God creates wide open spaces for us. Even in the middle of a tight, dark spaces of life. He's calling us to come sit down. Have a feast a little bit. Others will benefit. Your cup will overflow and others can drink from your cup because you sit down on my table with me in the presence of your enemies. I wonder how that will look like in our nation 
if, if a group of people from this church in the middle of a nation that is, that is raging with curses, raging with, with negativity, oh, this nation is doomed, I'm going to move to Australia, or in the middle of all these things, I wonder what it looks like for us to be a group of people that, whom, whose cup overflows. I wonder how it looks like for us to be a group of people that sits at the table of God. You will not be able to help, but like, you know what? People can say all this thing, but my cup overflows with hope. No, I can do something. I'm going to pray for my community. I'm going to add value. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I'm not going to join the bandwagon of this negativity in the nation. My cup overflows with hope. We're going to be a different type of people because our cup overflows. One of the things about, about God, when God pours out something, it's not just enough for you. It's excessive. Somebody will need to help me later to um, clean up this mess. But I don't care for now. Um, it's excessive. It pours. It, it pours and it, it's just excessive. God is excessively generous. One of the things about my, my late mom that I will miss so much is it's who she is. He's just a, a, he's an excessive mom. In a negative and positive sense at the same time. <laughs> but but her her generosity is just out of control. I've, I remember the first time we went up there to Jakarta when Kai was just a little, like, nine months. And, and when we arrived there, our room was packed with, on there's a mountain of toys for Kai. I was like, how can I even bring this home? There was just, like, a towel embroidered with Kai's face. And I was like, yo, this is, this is, this is pretty excessive. Um. There's little cars and play mats and, and just all kinds of random stuff. <laughs> Cooking and every morning, the breakfast table was overflowing. That breakfast table every morning was, I don't know, you name it, it's there. It was snacks on snacks on snacks, fresh juice every morning. Here we go, here we go. In the afternoon, oh, there's more, more fresh juice. Here, I'll, I'll squeeze you some. It's just my mom, it's just who she is. And in Jakarta, you, you got to have this card to pay the toll or to pay the, the parking if you park in, the, in a building somewhere. You got to fill this card with money, otherwise you can't go into the toll. This, car, this card was filled every single day. The petrol in the car was there. It's just, it's just who she is. I feel like being minimalistic truly wasn't her life principles. <laughs> but lots of times in the Bible, God was, was explained as this ridiculously excessive generous God. John 10 verse 10, the thief is, only comes there to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In other translation, it says they may have life, life that is abundant. Mal Mal Malachi 3 verse 10, see like all this thing, bring my tithes and I will see and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Ephesians 3 verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. When God does things, he doesn't just do it the bare minimum for it to function. I don't know if you have, you have snorkeled somewhere in a, in a tropical warm water. When you look at these fishes, when you look at the corals, it could have been all gray and it would still be functioning. But it's just who God is. It was like, let me throw a rainbow over this thing. So what? He doesn't just do things just in the bare minimum for it to function. 
I feel like sometimes God is aesthetic over function. Um, that's my wife right there. I was like, Laura, this chair is like, it's not functioning. It's just pretty. But sometimes God is like that. He's just a generous God. He's excessively generous towards us. In the presence of our enemies, He is still the same God. In the presence of our enemies, He pours out water, oil over until our cup overflows. Others can benefit in the presence of our enemy. Because our God is a generous God. That's just who He is. In the middle of this crazy, tight financial time, people will think we're crazy. What? You're still giving? You're still tithing? I can't help it. God's been good to me. God's been so generous to me. It doesn't mean that we don't feel the pain that, that everyone else are feeling. It doesn't mean that I'm not mourning the loss of my mom. It doesn't mean that my heart doesn't feel the pain. It doesn't mean that. But there's this deep sense right in the middle of me, this unshakable hope. This unshakable joy in the middle of my mourning times, in the middle of grieving, there's this deep sense of assurance that God is with me. That my, my mom's life has just began. This life with him has just begun. Where do I find that other than here? In the table with God. And I want people from the outside to look at us and they wonder, what is it about you? What is it about you? There's so much hope. There's something so overflowing. There's something so life-giving about your presence here in our office. There's something so life-giving about your presence here in, in our school. There's something so, so life-giving about your presence here in, in, in our team. Because your cup overflows in the presence of your enemies. That's our God. That's how He works. I want to invite the worship team to come back up here. I want to ask some help. For people um, to maybe wipe this water a little bit. Thanks, Trish. Let me drink this water so it doesn't. Even that water tastes good. It's just different water. It's Holy Spirit water. <laughs> the Hello Crew, would you mind helping us? Thank you so much. Can get some of the donuts. Alistair, that's good. Thank you, Laura. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Thank you. In the other translation, it says, I like nothing. I have all that I need in Him. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially. He provides for me, but not just for me people around me because he is good but this is the question for you and for me this morning is Jesus your shepherd though all of us have shepherd all of us have a shepherd something or someone that we trust to run our lives something that or someone that we trust to protect us to give us a sense of security to give us to give us a sense of hope and comfort that shepherd could be our money that shepherd could be our, our own skills, our own ambition, our own plans, and, and our, own, our own thing. That shepherd could be our, our feelings. That shepherd could be our own sexuality, our own, our own little things. I found this on the internet and I thought to share it to you because it's quite powerful. The clock 
is my shepherd. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. It leads me into a deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done. For my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My in-basket overflow. Surely, fatigue and time pressures shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. All the other shepherds will lead you into a tight, dark space in life. All the other shepherds can't rescue you at the end of the day. All the other shepherds is not there when the enemy is, is there. All the other shepherds doesn't lay down their lives in front of the enemies for you. All the other shepherds run away when there's the enemy. All the other shepherds will let you down. All the other shepherds will, will lead you nowhere. But our God, Jesus, is a different type of shepherd. A shepherd, when there's an enemy, you sit there, I'm going to fight for the enemy. A shepherd who, who, who doesn't spare his own son to lay down his life for us to be able to have a feast with God in eternity. A shepherd who is for us and not against us. All the other things you think is for you, at the end it will turn against you. Or the shepherd who is familiar with our pain and our suffering because he also experienced them. A shepherd who is familiar with our mourning. A shepherd who is familiar with the sense of, of betrayal. A, a shepherd who is familiar with our human experience in life. And his name is Jesus. And he's inviting us in the presence of our enemy. To come and have a feast with Him. It creates a wide open spaces for us to live in. Tonight at 6 until 7.15, we'll be having a prayer connect here. At the, maybe we're going to have it upstairs by the kids space. We're going we're gonna to pray for wide open space. We're going to pray for this over, this, over our nation. We're going to pray over our lives, over our families. We're going to pray Psalm 23 over them. That God will, will, will break through through our God will break through in our tight spaces that they will he'll create this wide open spaces. So come tonight, join us at 6 o'clock. Upstairs, we're going to pray. But just two takeaways, quick two takeaways for your Monday unless you don't know what to do next. Here's a practical thing that you can do tomorrow. How to experience these wide open spaces from God in the middle, in the presence of your enemies. One, worship and word. The Word of God, what I meant, the Word is the Word of God. Worship and Word. We'll worship just now in a moment. But, but tomorrow, on your way to work, blast out that music from your car, man. Just worship God like nothing else matters. Somewhere, people will beside you, like singing. And <laughs> doesn't matter. Something happens when you worship God. When you magnify Him, you, 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 you zoom out from yourself and you zoom into Him. Something happens in your life. The Word of God. You know, you know what I do when, when I don't feel like praying, when I don't know what to pray, when my heart is just numb and times are just so hard, I don't even know how, how to do it. I read Psalms out loud. 
just sit down and I just read Psalms after Psalms. Just out loud until my ears can hear it. Until something is rising up within me. Worship and word, that's a big deal. And step out, the second one. In the presence of your enemies, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to step out and bless others. There's something so powerful when you say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know about, about this thing, but I'm going to give anyway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless others anyway. I'm going to step out beyond myself in the presence of my enemies because my cup is overflowing. Hey, let's be a different type of people, church. TPC, we're going to change our nation. Not because we're good, not because we're perfect, not because we don't experience pain. We're going to change our nation. We're going to build a brand new nation because our cup overflows, because Jesus is our shepherd. Come, let's stand. We're going to sing this song. We're going to sing a deck. We're going to declare this this morning. We're going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Come, let's sing. Lift up your hand. Lift up your voice this morning. surrounding you just close your eyes for a moment and just imagine you're surrounded by the enemies you know what those enemies are sickness families worries anxiety depression whatever that is and in the presence of my enemies we're gonna sing that song again we're gonna raise a hallelujah to God this morning come on
this morning. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. of your enemies even in the, in the in the midst of this tight spaces of your life we want to pray for you so if that's you this morning you feel like your life is in the tight space just lift up your hand so we know who to pray for just just start praying right now just lift up your voice God you see all these hands that are raised God this morning God I pray that their cup will overflow even in the presence of the enemies. God, I pray that you will refresh their life. God, I pray that tonight they will be able to sleep like a baby. A baby that is sleeping so well. A baby that doesn't care about the storm because God, you are fighting for us. God, I pray that you'll, you'll rise them up, Lord Jesus, to make a difference even in these tight spaces of life. God, I pray that you'll restore their hope. God, I pray that you'll restore their joy. God, I pray that, that, that others will see into their lives, even in this dark space of their lives. God, I pray that others will see and say, hey, what is it about you? There's so much hope. There's so much assurance. There's so much. There's a rock that is inside of you. I want that. And that's Jesus. God, I pray for people in this room this morning with the hands raised. 
expand their lives expand their lives like never before you can do things that is that we can't do with our own strength God while we're feasting while we're eating at your table you can do things behind the scene that we don't know